Happy New Year! As we air this episode, it's the start of a new year. But every day can be fresh and new when we live with Jesus in His Father's world. Today on Soul Talks, we're renewing our minds and hearts in the joy of Jesus. We're drawing on the words and the life of the Apostle Paul as he inspires us to be satisfied in the sweet sufficiency of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We can rejoice because as 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Welcome to Soul Talks, friends. We're so grateful you join us. We're encouraged when you take time to rate and review us. That helps other people join our community. And We have a review here on our podcast app from our friends in Omaha, Nebraska. And Mildred and Leroy say, when I listen to Soul Talks, God is moving through conversation to invite me into a deeper, more honest relationship with Jesus and my spouse. I feel understood, befriended, inspired, and more hopeful in the journey. We love that. And that's our prayer for all of you to feel that today. It's so fun to be in these conversations with you, Christy, here on our podcast and to Welcome our friends on YouTube as we're uh, expanding our Soul Shepherding YouTube page. And so we're recording this podcast for our YouTube listeners. Welcome, and thanks for joining us, whether you're joining us through video or audio. We'd love to have you in our Soul Shepherding community. And we're going to be talking about my favorite topic. Joy in Jesus. That's right. I love it. (laughs) I love it, too. And so I've uh, been rereading the book of Philippians, which is my uh, favorite book in the Bible, and it's been my favorite since I was in high school. Why? Because of the joy that Paul has in Jesus in the midst of bad circumstances. Yeah, that's pretty amazing when you think about how bad his circumstances were in prison. Yeah, he writes this letter to the, the people in Philippi from prison in Rome where he's under house arrest for preaching the gospel, isn't there anything wrong, but he's confined to prison for years. And yet it, this book talks a lot about joy. It does, and he's writing to the people of Philippi, who if you read back in Acts chapter 16 and you look at the story there, you see that, well, Paul was, was in prison in Philippi because uh, he'd been preaching the gospel there, and he delivered that slave girl of that demon and so the people in the town, the, all the business owners and stuff, uh, especially the owners of this slave, were really mad at him mm-hmm. because he was hurting their business. They were losing money because people would come from far and wide to hear this slave girl who was demonized and could predict the future. And it was a, a spectacle that people wanted to come see and would pay money for. And she had been bothering Paul and the others who were gathering for prayer in, in the outdoor synagogue by the river. And so Paul got irritated with her and, and was moved by the, the Lord to just deliver her of the demon. And then she becomes part of the church. So it's, a, it's an incredible story. But the people got all mad at him, so they, they abused him, nearly beat him to death, threw him in jail. He and Silas put their feet in stocks, and they're there in jail in a horrible situation. And then when the earthquake came and the angel released them, well, Paul had taken control in the spirit of the whole prison, and so he told everybody, don't leave, because the Philippian jailer was about to kill himself right in front of his wife and kids. And so yeah, the, that's the, so loving of him. And the, the power of the Lord that was on him, Yeah. so that the, the prisoners, they were listening to Paul and Silas sing hymns, and they were seeing the, the character of these men to be at peace and to be joyful and yeah. loving in, in such horrible situation. So they were drawn to Jesus 
And so when the jail opened up because of the earthquake, none of the prisoners went out. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Get out of jail free card and they're all yeah. staying because Paul told them to stay. <laughs> yeah. And probably some of them became part of the church. I think so. So Paul is writing to these people in Philippi who, I mean, there's people in there that he or become his friends that he loved, but, but a lot of these people had abused him. Yeah. And he just is filled with affection and enthusiasm and rejoicing in the Lord, despite the history and despite the situation he's in uh, at the time. So it's a joy that's way beyond circumstances that he has here. And it's also reminding me of what we've seen so much in ministry, what we've been learning, and that's that so often our best ministry comes out of our trials. Yeah, that's such a good point, because we can preach sermons, we can give great counsel or spiritual direction, we can give words of encouragement to people, all those things are important, but at the end of the day, nothing is more powerful than, than the life that we're living. And you know, people are watching our life, they're watching when we're not even thinking that they're watching. Mm -hmm. And so when Jesus comes out of us, particularly in a time of trial or distress or suffering, people really take notice of that. Mm -hmm. And that was Paul's gospel. It yeah. wasn't just his, his message, it was his life. Yes, yeah. People saw him bless those that cursed him, and they were like, how do you do that? So what, when did you first discover this sense of joy and sense of really wanting to learn from Paul about his being able to be joyful in Jesus, even in trials? In, through the book of Philippians, when when did you first get engaged? I don't know that? if I've even told you this story, but so I was in I was in high school and I grew up in Barrington, Illinois, outside of Chicago. And at the time, we were going to Willow Creek Community Church with Bill Hybels in the early days of the church. And I was in a small group there, in a high school group, and we were challenged to memorize the first chapter of Philippians. And it was in the context of doing a, a group Bible study on the whole book. And so I just became very entranced with. Paul and his message to rejoice in the Lord always and be, you know, learning the secret of being content in all circumstances because I, I didn't have that. I wasn't like that. I'm by nature very perfectionistic and uh, earnest and can get kind of grumpy and grouchy and kind of overburdened and under the gun with all that I'm trying to do. And Paul comes along and is just exuding with joy in this letter. And so that was attractive to you. Yeah, so appealing. I just knew that I needed more of that. I came to learn later that, uh, you know, Paul is a master psychologist. He just really understands uh, people and relationships and, and the spiritual life. And so he's really in Philippians, he's helping us. Because one of the things that's going on in Philippians is that the people are in conflict. You know, he's got a, got a very diverse group of people there in, in Philippi, all different ethnic groups and rich and the poor. And there's some conflict going on there. That's why the letter speaks so much about, about unity and then there's a conflict between the women in the church, uh, Yodius and Syntyche. And uh, one of our pastor friends, Randy Steele, said, you know, that's, uh, he likes to call them, you odious and so touchy. Because <laughs> every church has a, 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 a you odious and so touchy. And it's like, oh, wow, it was not me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's, there's some challenges and division going on there in the church. And Paul is unifying them in Christ. That's really the theme of Philippians, is the joy that we have together in Christ. Being in Christ, having this identity that is formed and shaped by Christ, and being in his space, in his, in his world, this intimate relationship with God through Jesus. This is Paul's way of talking about life in the kingdom of God. Life with Jesus in the Father's world, in the spiritual reality of God's presence. And so 
Paul is showing us this life where in Acts 16, you know, he's not just in this jail cell going through such a horrific situation. I mean, he's, his hands and feet are in stocks, and he's probably just sitting there in his feces. He's bleeding and bruised from being beaten. I mean, it's just it's gruesome. But he's singing hymns because he's not just in the jail cell. He's in the kingdom of the heavens. And this is what he's telling us. He says, you can be in Christ. That's where the joy and peace are. That's where the love flows. In Christ, in his presence, in his kingdom, in, in spiritual reality, that there's a, a true source of comfort and joy in that. And, you know, Philippines has been a special book to me too, Bill. When I was eight years old, I memorized the Philippines 4 verse about do not worry about anything. Yeah. But instead, pray about everything and don't yeah. forget to thank God for his answers. And that was so formative for me because even as a little girl, I was a worrier. <laughs> and so... That was helpful to me at school. And then I think so many times I've drawn comfort from some of the other key verses in Philippians, but you've done a different kind of Bible study in Philippians that you're calling it a, a fervoron, fervorano. <laughs> a fervorano. <laughs> what is it you're calling it? Fervorino. Fervorino. What's that mean? <laughs> well, I learned that from a friend of mine who's a monk. And uh, when they gather for prayer seven times a day, like the psalmist says, and uh, before some of their prayer services, they will have a little fervorino from their abbot, uh, also called the Abba, because he represents the Father's love to them. And so it's just a short little uh, encouraging message. So yeah, I have a fervorino to share with you from Philippians. And I first shared it with my own self in a, out of a Bible study that I did through reading it. And then uh, I was so excited, I couldn't help but uh, share it with you, Christy. I was blessed. I'm so grateful. And then I shared it with uh, my pastor groups, because I have a bunch of groups I, I have with different pastors, all from different churches, and we do a soul shepherding group. And then I shared it with our board of directors in a meeting. And so I've just been uh, rejoicing in the Lord uh, through Philippians here. Yeah, well, I'm glad I get to hear it again. And I, I think what I like about it is it drums up in me this spiritual fervor for Jesus. And that's one of the things that is pretty key that we teach and that you've written about in Jesus' yoke about the importance in our transformation of being enthralled with Jesus mm -hmm. by really taking time to enthrall our minds with Jesus. And this does that. It's the most important thing. It's the beginning of the spiritual life is to be captivated with Christ and to connect with God through our Lord and Savior, or our one mediator, yeah, and to find joy in Jesus, because it's that life, that fervor, that vigor, that enthusiasm in Theos, in God, that's what propels us in the Christian life, to love our neighbor as ourself, yeah. to carry out our work uh, for the Lord and to do it well, to be good parents and good friends and, and so forth. It comes from this intimacy with God that Jesus joyfully welcomes us into. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I did a Bible study. I went through my, uh, my life application Bible here, and it's got a lot of background notes about the history. Uh, you know, Philippians was written in um, AD uh, 61 from Rome, from the, the prison there, as I said. That's less than 30 years after Jesus died on the cross. Hmm. So wow. in the ancient world, that's a short yeah, time. Very. You know, there were lots and lots of people that were alive when Jesus had walked on the earth when Paul wrote the book of Philippians. And so everybody had heard about Jesus. And so, so yeah, I did a lot of background study. And then my favorite part was I got out my copy of the, uh, the Message uh, Bible here, the, the paraphrase by Eugene Peterson. And a few days in a row, I, I read through Philippians and I was just getting so excited. I said, you know, I knew from the 
study I'd done that the word joy is used in Philippians 16 times, joy or rejoicing. I've known that for a long time, but there, there are a lot of other like really happy expressions in there. So I said, well, I wonder how many there are. So I started circling all the, the uh, filled with life and, and enthusiasm phrases that are in the book of Philippians, and I came up with 70 of them. Wow. Just in, in four chapters. Four chapters. And uh, so the other thing that I need to say is that, uh, so Philippians, uh, if, if it was like a sermon, it would be a 14 and a half minute sermon. That's all. Really? 14 and a half minutes. Wow. I'm surprised. And your dad would like that. Yeah, he would. He, he always <laughs> wanted sermons to be kept within that 20 minute frame because he felt like that was all we could really attune to well and pay attention to well before we start to kind of get Carried away by distractions and her bodies wanting to move and get up. And, and that's why we do soul talks in 20-minute 20 20 increments. Yep. Yep. And <laughs> you get that. a little uh, concerned when we go, go yeah, 21 minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your dad said, the only thing better than a 20-minute message is a 19-minute one. <laughs> you forgot, and I remembered. I, I did. I remember, though, you, you saying, long and strong is good, but short and beat can't be sweet. Right? No. No. <laughs> you You're really mixing up your words today. <laughs> Short and sweet can't be beat. That's right. <laughs> Preach it, Christy. Yeah, so uh, 70 times we've got these happy, uh, joyful, in Christ phrases from Paul. So, And in this 14 and a half minute sermon, the other thing we've got is he mentions the name of Jesus 70 times. 70 times. Wow. He says Jesus or Christ or Lord referring to Jesus, or him referring to Jesus. Yeah, so that would be five times a minute. Wow. So yeah. just think about, you know, if you're giving a sermon, a message, a, a Bible study, or just in the course of conversation, how often do we refer to Jesus yeah. or even think about him? Paul had Jesus on his mind, yeah. in his heart, and on his tongue continually. Yeah. And he wasn't like cramming Christ on people's throats. He was, he was being winsome. Mm-hmm. Jesus was so alive and at work in Paul's life, he wanted to share with others. That's great. Yeah, Paul was delighting in Jesus. And that's how I want to be. I want to be delighting in Jesus more than I've learned to yet. He's so good. Mm -hmm. He's so beautiful. You really have helped me with that, honey. Things like this fervorino that you're going to share with us, but also some other tools that you've found, like this picture that we we have and we share at our TLC retreats of Jesus and his joy, his smile, his delight. And then we pray a breath prayer that you came up with that we do. Jesus delights in me. I delight in you, my Lord. Mm. And practicing that. Yeah, TLC stands for To Love Christ. So in our our Soul Shepherding training, an 18-month training program that we do with men and women in ministry, all, all kinds of men and women in ministry, and we have a new a certificate in spiritual direction ministry that's uh, related to that program. And so we've often called it TLC because TLC stands for To Love Christ. Because delighting in Christ is so important. It's our, it's our worship. It's really where it all starts. It's our source of tender love and care. It's our source of power and wisdom. So last night as we were going to bed, you led us in delighting in Jesus' delight in us and our delight in him. That was fun because I asked you, so what are some ways? I said, let's talk about how God delights in Christy. <laughs> Surprised me. Uh, yeah. I a little you uncomfortable, but. <laughs> but you've learned to lean into that. Yeah, because I know I need his love and I need to receive his love. 
And one of the ways I got to venture on that was through you last night. And then I got to also be his conduit of love and talk about how Jesus delights in you. Yeah, so uh, one of my favorite things that I like to affirm Christy with, and uh, this was the first thing I thought of when I was responding to the question, well, how does God delight in Christy? Is that you are sensitive, that your heart is tender, and you tune in to me and our kids, your friends, people you minister to, whoever you're around, you're sensitive to what they are feeling and what they need, and you're concerned for them. But you'll pray for them quietly. You'll ask questions to care for them. You'll do what you can to be helpful. And I love to affirm that about you because you've had a certain, uh, especially historically, but a certain self-consciousness and insecurity mm-hmm. around being sensitive and being a strong feeler. Yeah. Well, thank you for affirming that, honey. One of the things I most delight in in you is the spiritual fervor that you have for Christ and your, your love for him passion for him in the way that that spurs me on in that. Well, I'm a wounded healer in this area. Now and again, people affirm me as being joyful. And I love that because it's like, yeah, if you only would have seen me in the past, it's like in one time uh, years ago in a staff I was leading in a ministry, we all got nicknames from uh, Winnie the Pooh. And uh, guess who was Eeyore? Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Well, you're not at Eeyore anymore. But, so. but Eeyore had some wise things <laughs> yes, to say. he did. <laughs> but yeah, and you do. Kind of a grumpy negative guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can just call me Tigger now. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hear this. Fervorino. Fervorino. So let's this is from, this. from Philippians. And um, so I'm going to share this with you. Just listen to these phrases that come right from the Apostle Paul as he's in prison there, writing to people who had abused him. Grace and peace, exclamations of thanks, glad heart, so pleased, flourishing, flourish, bountiful in fruits from the soul, prospered, cheer, celebration, more life, can't lose, joy, praising Christ, enjoying, good news, honored, glorious honor, energetic, energy, God's energy, energy, the most pleasure, cheerfully, a breath of fresh air, good living, rejoice, you're rejoicing, my rejoicing, delighted, hale and hearty, rejoice, grand welcome, joyful embrace, Glad in God, filling the air with Christ's praise. High privilege, embrace Christ, embraced by him, robust, wondrously. To Jesus, I'm off and running. We're citizens of high heaven, beautiful and whole. Joy, celebrate, revel, God's wholeness, wonderful, gracious, Beautiful, most excellent harmonies, glad in God, far happier, happy, quite content, happy, happy, beautiful, blessing, sweet smelling, pleasing, generosity exceeding, abounds in glory, amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, deep, deep within yourselves, praise the Lord, 
Amen. Thank you, God, for your joy to us through Jesus. Oh, we long to be people of joy, people who joy in Jesus. And it's a natural state of being that comes over our bodies, shines off of our faces, fills our souls with happiness when we just simply worship you, God, through Jesus, enthralling our minds, filling our hearts and our souls with thoughts about Jesus, the word of God that draws us to Jesus. Oh, we're so blessed to know you, God, through Jesus. Praise you, Jesus, for your sacrifice that you went to the cross and died for us, that you rose from the dead. You're living and breathing in us now. You're closer than our breath, our constant companion, and you empower us as we do all the things that we do, the mundane little things, big challenges that are stressful, conflicts that we're dealing with, opportunities in work and ministry, family gatherings, whatever we're doing, you are there and you want to fill us the sense of your joy. If we just behold the smile on your face, we find ourselves smiling and radiating with your presence, blessing the people around us. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Next week on Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier, we start a new series on rest. Are you a pastor or leader who needs a sabbatical or at least some space to breathe? Are you working hard and caring for your family and your soul needs rest? In Hebrews 4.11 of our Bible, we're urged to make every effort to enter God's rest. Our new series on Soul Talks on rest will help us all to appreciate the presence of God in our midst and to draw on His peace and power.